Welcome to Cutting Along the Tracks, the only podcast where fresh towels change nothing. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. <laughs> and this week we're covering Season 1, Episode 5, uh, entitled Chapter 5. What do you think about this episode? Um, you know, it seems like that we've got a rhythm going on this season where we have, um, like, Frank launches an epic gambit. It's generally mm-hmm. successful, and then we deal with Fallout. And this was a Fallout episode. As such, yeah. it's not as interesting as when things are really clicking, but you kind of got to... You kind of got to rearrange the pieces and deal with this kind of stuff before we move forward. And as such, I think it's one of the better Fallout episodes. Okay, I definitely agree that it is one of the better Fallout episodes, if you want to call it that. I This point in the season is actually where it kind of started picking up for me because I didn't get what was happening in that last episode. Mm. Uh, like, all the intricacies of that. Um, so this, to me, felt like... Okay, now I see a battle forming, and there are clear lines, and I can tell what's going on. So it really caught my attention. And, and I also like the fact that I felt like uh, the Mar- Marty Spinella, the uh, teachers' union uh, yeah. head lobbyist, head lobbyist. I thought he was a fairly worthy adversary. Yeah, and, and he didn't take his shit right. No, and it was like a prize. It was like a, a prize fight. You know, uh, Frank jabbed. He countered, punched back. Frank landed another. Uh, he came back with a hook, and he basically matched them blow by blow. And in fact, uh, it seems like it's far from over uh, because they're going to be a full-on uh, teacher strike looming at the end of the episode. Yeah, and in the end, it was really only Freddy's ribs that saved Frank's bacon. Right, right. And the fact that now the only thing I thought that it felt like they were cheating a little bit, and this might just be this is the weakness of the incident cast. So if I miss something, I apologize. Okay. How in the hell did Frank, you know, basically hand wave away the NEA, which is the... They don't go into that, do they? No, so it's like he had the two largest teachers union ready to stand shoulder to shoulder in solidarity, and NEA backed out, which which put, you know, uh, Marty really behind eight ball for the rest of the episode. Yeah, I'm with you. I have no idea how he got that accomplished. And I feel like that was a weakness of the episode, that that was like, you know, I like, I mean, I'm not saying that Frank can't get it done, obviously, but it seems puzzling that fresh on the heels of a fairly large betrayal about this amendment that everybody's up in arms about, Mm -hmm. um... You know, uh, there's this a collective bargaining amendment that's offensive to the teachers' union, but mm. it's leveraged to get them. It's just leveraged to get them to compromise on the performance standards, which is what they were so pissed off about at the beginning. Yeah, so it's, it's how in the hell did Frank dance around that and get the NEA to back down? It just I wish I could have seen that. And it's weird for a show that is usually so intricately plotted and explained to not explain something like that. And it makes me wonder if we're going to see more about it in the future. Maybe. I just feel like... Uh, I don't want to totally give it a pass, though. You're right. The, yeah. That should have been better explained. Yeah, because if, you know, regardless of if it being addressed in the future, the fact is it was addressed in here, and I feel like without them addressing it, we're left... We kind of lose a little a little bit of faith in the show. Sure. That, like, yeah. okay, um, you know, this is basically deus ex... Machina. 
Yeah, yeah there's just like a, a little bit of a salvation just from nowhere for 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 yeah. Frank. Uh, but like you said earlier, I mean, Frank can definitely still get it done. We see him pulling together uh, this fundraising event with, I suppose, a couple hours of notice. He calls up all of his contacts. He gets everything arranged uh, after Claire comes up with the idea to have it on the steps of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that was a good display of just how connected Frank is and how much manpower he can mobilize at a given moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, between, you know, Claire, you know, she's got 30-some staffers, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I guess now she's down to 18 plus uh the uh, seven that uh, what's her face brought in. I, I can't remember uh, this girl's name. Jillian, is it Jillian? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but then you know Frank's got a pretty impressive staff. Plus he's got uh, the ace, ace in the hole, Freddy's. Because yep. I, I gotta say, for a half a million dollar gala event, uh, if the menu is basically hot dogs and warm Schlitz beer, <laughs> I, I don't care how many high ranking Congress critters you got behind the bar slinging foam. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, I and it's feel served like, up on paper plates and yeah. gold solo cups. Like what? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I get enough booze in there. Maybe. I mean, replace the silent auction with a beer pong table and just be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. $50 a cup. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they, they definitely pull it off, but that was, that was, I mean, I guess that's the main plot line, right? Yeah, yeah. And the the jockeying back and forth between Marty and Frank here. Um, and I think in the in the light of public opinion, Frank got the best of it, right? Yes, I mean, for he, sure. He definitely, in the end, came out looking like he had won by giving them food. Uh, and they seemed to, like, dissipate after that. Yep. So. Uh, question. So we've been in the episode with, uh, you know, Frank over at Zoe's house. Um, she says that she's now going to work for Slugline. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a hashtag Go Zoe campaign going on. Everybody's thinking she's the shit. Uh, he drops her phone in the water and basically says things are about to get real. I'm going to give you a, um, I'm going to give you a burner, mm-hmm. so you know we can continue this uh, illicit affair. He goes back home to his wife and she says, you know, did you fuck the reporter? He says yes, and she worries about him being controlled. But now we're confirmed that this is they're in a an open relationship. Yeah, she knows about it, and she's obviously not. She doesn't feel betrayed, but so. she is pretty pissed with him. And then she he asks what's wrong. He's like, "Well, uh, Remy, uh, who offered her a one and a half million dollars um, from his lobbying group, uh, you know, he's basically this gala that Frank said that you know I can get my rich and powerful friends to come and back." Has only raised so far five hundred thousand dollars, and she's pissed yeah. that you know, like, look, I, my my job's taking a back seat to yours, and I'm getting tired of it. Do you think one hundred percent of that her being pissed is over that, or do you think she's also a little bit mad about the Zoe thing? I feel like there's a little bit of tension there. I mean, you can see a look when they're at the event where um, Claire's talking to Adam, and uh, Frank looks over, and he looks a little concerned about it. Yeah, And then maybe she's not totally comfortable when Zoe walks up at that point, too. And like you said earlier when they're talking about it, I think there's a little tension there, though I don't know that it's enough to cause any problems at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, even in couples that are pretty happily polyamorous, there's still jealousy and yeah, 
but I feel like there's feelings to manage. There's probably enough trust there between the two of them, right? I mean, uh, Kevin Spacey, Frank has told her, "Look, whenever you want, call it off, and it's done." Right. Um, and I think he certainly knows about Adam, so they kind of have that arrangement. And so far, it's not to the point where she's called it off. So right. Yeah. Uh, as far as the political machinations here, uh, you know, we we've alluded to them. But uh, Marty goes to uh, Frank and says, what the hell about this uh, amendment? And then he goes ballistic about the performance standards. Yeah. Uh, shouts back that, uh, you know, you fuck me. Uh, I fuck back. <laughs> um, somehow Frank leans on the EA, NEA to pull out the strike. Uh, so Marty then leans on the hotel workers union to cancel uh, Claire's event. So Claire then improvises an outdoor event outside the hotel gates, which then Marty responds with organizing an emergency teacher strike to get 200 bodies over there. Problem is, most it uh, seems like most of them aren't even teachers. Yeah, he said, let's give them glasses so they look smart. That apparently that memo wasn't give, gotten because I yeah. saw a lot of people wearing sweatpants and, and with sweaty, <laughs> greasy faces. Uh, yeah. Looking smart wasn't. They looked hungry for ribs. Yeah. They look believably hungry for ribs. <laughs> and then they dissipated when they got them. So exactly. really, that's all they were there for. Um, but it didn't hurt in one at all. In fact, uh, Frank had Zoe show up there to cover um, the, the the protest and, and how it kind of blew up in uh, Marty's face. So it mm-hmm. seemed like it was a pretty convincing victory for Team Frank and Team Claire. Um, what else? Like I said, this is a... This is a Fallout episode. Let's talk about yeah. Fallout with Peter. Well, before we move on to that, I wanted to ask you what you thought about um, Frank being so indignant that Marty would mess with his wife and not just keep it between them. Well, do, do you think Frank is right in in being a little pissed there? Or is it all fair in Love and War? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like you mess with someone's family that... that is is pretty bad although yeah, it's not like she's purely a civilian either i mean yeah but re- i mean this event doesn't have anything to do with the politics i mean even when the, re- the reporters are questioning about it like why are you here why are you protesting yeah well we're just protesting the people yeah we don't it has nothing to do with and, and in fact it, it's it had a high degree of probability to blow up in his face but on the other sure. hand what the hell is he supposed to do yeah once he decided not to just roll over and take francis's bullshit Sure. Uh, he had to do something, and he wrapped with the NEA backing out of uh, uh, the potential strike. Mm. Uh, he didn't have a whole lot of things to do. True. So, I mean, I felt, like I said, I, I and, and again, I don't think Claire is just like some guy's wife that's unconnected to, you know, anything, and she's a kind of a political animal, too, so, yeah. eh. Okay. Uh, so what about Rousseau? What did you want to talk about with him? Uh, so Christine stayed uh, good to her word, and uh, she is like a overpriced European car Audi. Uh, <laughs> uh, Paul, uh, his friend from the shipyard, stops by and gives him a good anal reaming mm. about how yeah. we used to be friends. I don't know this guy. Uh, you don't fight for us. You're 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 a piece of shit. We see him with his kids, and they pour on the guilt because they said we like Christina. When's she going to co- you know show up? Uh, that makes him miserable. Yep. Uh, next time we see Pete, he's coking up at the Capitol, starts reading his hate mail, and this is pretty much uh, what I am like when I'm reading one-star iTunes reviews for our podcast. 
Uh, he really is too. He <laughs> yeah, freaks the fuck out. Uh, and he's you know trying to respond to these people, uh, boozed up and coked up, and he gets to the part where he tries to explain himself, and he realizes there is no way to explain this to people that are losing yeah. their jobs and are hurting, and that he is at fault. Like he he tries to hand wave it away, but at that moment he realizes, yeah, I did this, and I have no one to blame but myself. And that's where this season really, to me, uh, you know. You know um, Frank has done a lot of ballsy moves. He's offered his resignation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has multiple times. He did it once, uh, to the, um, uh, in Georgia with the family whose the, daughter was killed. The, the guy ran off by the road by the peachoid. Uh, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> he did it once to the guy that was the uh, author of the education bill. I forget what that guy's name even is now. Bob something or other. Bob Knight? No, it was like Donald. Oh, yeah, yeah, Donald yeah. started with a B. Uh, Blythe. Donald Blythe, yeah. So um, he did it with that. And, right. and this time he actually, uh, Pete Russo shows up at his, uh, his house, uh, basically blames him for fucking him. And after he lets him run on and on and run his mouth, um, Frank invites him to, to come in, spend the night. And then he says... You know, you're trying to turn this around on me. It's your weakness that puts you in this situation. You know, earlier in the episode, we saw that Pete was being dismissed for consideration because the governorship of Pennsylvania is open mm-hmm. and the Democrats are deciding who they're going to put up there. What There's, there's going to be a special election because the old governor of Pennsylvania is the current vice president. It It's weird. I don't view governor as a higher position than a member of Congress. But apparently it is. Is that right? It just depends. It depends on maybe what your goals in the future it, are. It probably depends on the government. It, it depends on the state. And also it seems like governorship is the fast track towards a president, like executive, uh, higher okay. off executive branch stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whereas... Getting like, out of legislative. Yeah, like legislative is kind of its own uh, a dead end. There's not a lot of, you know... Yeah, you could be like Speaker of the House and then... President Obama um, to, is one of the exceptions, and there's a few others, but it seems like mm-hmm. the governor, you know, when I think of the past few presidents, uh, there's more governors than there are yeah, okay. people. I can see that. So... But yeah, I mean, Rousseau here has... he's He is, like, saying the words that blame Frank, mm-hmm. but I don't believe that he believes that, right? When Frank calls him on it, he he doesn't question it. No. He just, like, slumps over, yeah, I get it. No, I and like this. his girlfriend said three or four episodes ago, this if you don't stop this shit, it's going to catch up to you. It did catch up to him. Oh, yeah. And now he's paying the price. And the other thing is, he could have done the right thing. The consequence would be his career in government was, was, was over. Yeah. So, like, Frank's even pointing out now, look, you didn't have to do this. You could have been a man and owned up your mistakes. But you're not going to do that. Sure. And and this is where he took his greatest gamble, and he basically said, here, uh, take this aspirin, take this water, get in this bath. You think he's trying to take care of this guy's hangover. And he's basically <laughs> uh-huh. said, the, water op- the warm water opened up your veins. The aspirin has uh, diluted your blood. Here is a fucking double-edged razor. Yeah. And slit your wrists. Cut along the tracks. Yeah, slit your <laughs> wrists because I'm not even sure that I was the right to back you for this governor race. Mm-hmm. And it was a ballsy move. I mean, I don't think he thought... Uh, he actually tells him not to, right? He says, if you decide 
not to take the coward's way out. I mean, he's saying this is not your best option. Right. But... And and also he's dangling the governorship, which is, yes. you know... Uh, which is potentially a way out for him. I mean, he may feel that, like, if I get this position, maybe my problems will be solved. I certainly think that's far from the truth. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe a governor would have uh, uh, the ability to maybe get around that base closure somehow. Or hmm. could bring in more jobs, or that's something you could tell your friends is like, you know, this was a maneuver to get me to be governor. Now I can help you even more. Um, well, I mean, so ostensibly the shipyard was federally funded. Sure, maybe if he gets into the governorship, he can state fund it somehow. Like you're saying, I have no idea, but I'm just saying that like you can do. You, it seems like you can do a lot more for your state as a governor than you can as a you know yeah. representative. Sure, so. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's just—it's it, definitely something. It seems like it's a step up from junior representative to governor. Um, let's see. There's what the else? other uh, one small thing that I guess that happens in this episode is Tom's little plot line here, um, where he, you know, after his blow up with Zoe, he goes in to talk with uh, Margaret. I think yep. it is who's the head of the the owner of the owner newspaper. Of the newspaper. Um, and she basically says. Uh, I don't approve of what you did because you're not forward thinking enough. Yeah. And he says, hey, look, we've got a core readership, and those are the people who are going to keep paying our bills, the people we need to placate. And she doesn't agree, and she demands his resignation on the spot. And and they don't give him a very strong plot line because he's like, you know, they demand serious journalism. Zoe is delivering serious journalism. That's true, yeah. It's like they keep on calling her stuff like Twitter twat and all this other stuff and slug. Yeah. But while she was at the Herald, she seemed to be, you know, obviously it was an unorthodox the way she's doing it. But she went out there and made a connection and was delivering real news. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I, you know, I didn't, she's being used as a tool. And I, don't, I don't understand. I don't know journalist journalism ethics enough to know like the ins and out on that. But it seems yeah. like his readers would be very interested in them breaking current news and cutting edge analysis that other places don't have. Yeah. She was, she was writing 3000 word stories, not making Twitter. posts. Yeah. It's not like she's like (laughs) Congressman Peter Russo's whoring it up and coking. She's delivering hard hitting news. Yeah. So that's one thing is like, I never understood about, you know, Janine and uh, the hammer, uh, (laughs) that they're, they're treating her like she is, you know, some kind of really lightweight Huffington Post gossip columnist when what in reality she's doing is breaking, like, deep throat style, all the president's men, bombshell type, you know, yeah. political developments. I'm with you. So, uh, what else we got to talk about? I guess while we're talking about Zoe, um, we can finish up her plot line. So Frank is kind of trying to understand whether or not he can trust her after this latest round of, um, I, I guess they haven't really been talking that well, much Well, now, lately, that, now right? that he's actually having sex with her, he's worried that he can't trust her because this is now yeah. a scandal that could potentially screw him up. So she gives him blackmail material uh, yes. in the form of nude pictures, mm-hmm. uh, which he seemed more than happy to take. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is another power trip that he's got. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if that's going to come back to bite her at any point in this season or in future seasons or whatever. Yeah, it's just weird. And, and, you know, now we're living in 2014. It's weird that 
it's funny because we just before we started this marathon, we were watching uh, Real Time with Bill Maher, and he was making a point about the slut shaming in the media and in politics, mm-hmm. and how like you know we're one of the few countries where when a politician who's otherwise a good politician gets in a sex scandal or something, it can end their career. And he's like, that's yeah. kind of absurd. And in this case, like, okay, so what? There's naked pictures of her body on the internet. Sure. Who gives a shit? You wouldn't think people would. Like, was she, they do, she committing apparently. a crime? Yeah, I, I, but I, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's, I love this country, but we are very weird about some things. Yeah. And that's one of them, this, this puritanical streak that we have. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I, I think things are starting to move in the right direction with that. I think we're changing that. Um, but to give a guy who is as manipulative as Frank is any kind of blackmail material whatsoever, you got to wonder if it's coming back on you eventually. Plus, this is where maybe her ambition and her desire to keep getting these scoops, because it's starting to seem like she's using this for a crutch. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't, I mean, it, and the, she wasn't really sleeping her way to the top. She was just, you know, making herself available as a useful tool to this guy. But it seems like she would rather just have this stuff hand fed to her. Yeah. And she's getting a little late. Maybe it's making her a little lazy as a journalist. Yeah. And, she's talking with her boss at Slugline yeah. who's saying like, look, you can do better work than you're doing. And she says, you know what? I can. Cause I've got this hookup uh, where I can get real news and better news. Uh, and she, you're right. She's leaning on that very heavily. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's and that's basically the only thing keeping her a real journalist at this point. Right. So if that ever changes, uh Frank has all the power here. It seems and this that harkens back to what, like a quote from the first episode where he takes her to that art gallery and they're sitting in front of the the uh the picture of the two guys rowing the boat and he's like, yeah. you know, don't be careful not to rock this boat because I can only save one of us for drowning. Yeah. And it seems like now she just continues to put herself more into his power. And it'll be interesting to see if they can keep, if they can balance this power dynamic somehow. Yeah, I mean, maybe as she becomes more and more famous as a journalist and a reporter, uh, she will be able to take some of that power back. Hmm. Well, plus, as Francis gets more and more desperate to, you know, because he's, he's making he's wheeling and dealing all the time and some of this stuff is going to eventually catch up to him and she mm-hmm. could you know she could just as easily break some of his scandal yeah absolutely i mean in fact he's already like stabbed high ranking members of of congress in the back uh you know uh some of this stuff where he's using his connections to get his wife money i don't know what the ethics on that are yeah uh the fact that he's you know his his staffers have leaked and suppressed stuff and and obstructed justice uh, in the case of Pete Russo's. I mean, it's yeah, it's pretty juicy stuff. I mean, mm. she leaked that. That's that's a hell of a story, for sure. Yeah, I I could see her taking some power back oh. very soon. If you've enjoyed our show, please help us get our new House of Cards podcast launched in style by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. You can also support us by using our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. Just go to amazon.ballmove.com and we'll get a tiny cut of Amazon's profits from whatever you buy on that session. Best of all, it costs you nothing. And be sure to tell your friends, family, and coworkers about Bald Move. 
Check out our website for all our other great television coverage for Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, and Downton Abbey, and all of our great pop culture casts like Personal Arrogance and The Because Show. Keep up with the latest on Twitter at BaldMove and on Facebook.com slash BaldMove. And don't forget to join us on Valentine's Day weekend starting Saturday, February 14th for our coverage of Season 2 of House of Cards. See you next time.